everyone, Steve here. Thank you so much for listening to podcast episode number five. Unfortunately, I do have some bad news. This will be my last podcast. Unfortunately, what's happened is, as it turns out, the people that, I guess, follow me the most tend to not like the podcast format, I guess is the best way to explain it. For the most part, they seem to prefer articles and videos. And I know this because every time I put out a podcast, I get a bunch of negative emails saying, why are you doing podcasts? I wish you would stop doing this. There's a lot of confusion about what they are. And people just honestly just kind of seem to hate these, at least the format. They like the information, but they just want it in a different way. And, you know, the truth is it's kind of depressing to send it out and know every time you do a podcast, you're going to get bombarded with a bunch of negative email. So that's kind of the nature of things, though. If, you know, people don't like the format, I think it's silly to keep trying to put these out. And the listener numbers are not as great as we had hoped they would be. And it's just not really worth the effort. I have so many things going on all the time. It's very, very difficult for me to get anything done anymore because my plate is so full. I'm constantly overwhelmed with emails and questions and projects and workshops and all that kind of stuff. So doing something that just really isn't gelling with the people that are following me just doesn't make any sense. So I do apologize for kind of leading you on with this, but I do have some topics today that we can discuss. So at least you'll get a little bit more information. And I do want to thank everybody, though, who does like the podcast and who has given me those nice ratings on iTunes and things like that. I really do appreciate it. You guys really are great. Thank you so much. It is really, truly appreciated. And hopefully you'll follow me over on YouTube and follow me at the site of Backcountry Gallery for articles and blog posts. I'll probably just replace the topics that I'm doing in these podcasts, you know, with articles or videos, depending on the content there. So, all right, enough depressing talk. Let's talk about something a little more useful. And honestly, it's kind of a, maybe a depressing topic, I guess, now that I think about it. But the topic I want to discuss is that sometimes there's just not a shot. One of the most common emails I get goes something like this, but there's a ton of variations. The person is trying to do some kind of an action subject. Since this is a wildlife photography podcast, we'll say it's maybe a bird in flight. And they're in a situation where in order to get the kind of shutter speed they need for that bird in flight, they have their lens wide open and maybe it's at 5.6 or 6.3 depending on the lens. And they have their shutter speed set at 2,000th of a second. But in order to do that, they need an ISO of like maybe 12,800. And they're like, I don't want to shoot at that high of an ISO. What can I do? And unfortunately, the answer is really not much other than maybe buying a faster lens. The thing is sometimes... We just can't get the shot, or at least the shot that we want, given the circumstances that we're facing out there in the field. I mean, stuff happens like that, and there's only so much you can do about it. In some cases, there's just not enough light. And unfortunately for our, a lot of my Costa Rica participants, sometimes as the evening draws on, you kind of learn that the hard way in Costa Rica. It's like, you know, I want to take a picture of this, but there's just no light. And that's what happens. You know, you're in a rainforest or along the rainforest if you're on a road and it's kind of getting dark and, you know, you just don't have enough light to actually produce the type of shot that you want, or at least that you have in your head. And when that happens, you know, sometimes you have to just say, hey, you know, there's not a shot here. I'll just enjoy the animal. Now, the other situation where you get into the there's not a shot situation is maybe the animal or the subject is in a really bad situation. Maybe you have an animal and he's behind a bunch of branches, for instance. You know, no matter what you do, you can't really get the shot there. Or maybe the animal is like darkened tone, like a holler monkey. This happens in Costa Rica a lot. I keep going there for this podcast, but anyhow, this happens in Costa Rica a lot. Maybe you have a black holler monkey and he's really severely backlit, 
by the sun. There's not much you can do in that situation other than just to look at the holler monkey and say, yep, that's what it is, because it's just going to turn out as a black silhouette there. Even if you really overexpose the sky, you're never going to get a really good shot of that scenario. It just doesn't work that way. So sometimes there's just really not a shot no matter what you want to do. And, you know, a funny thing about that is, and why it's important to recognize those situations, is that my friend Dennis in Costa Rica, he's one of our guides, and he pointed out one time that it actually takes longer to take a bad shot than it does to take a good shot. And, you know, when you think about that, that's 100% true. Because what happens is if you're in a really bad situation and you're trying to force something to work, Maybe, like I say, maybe there's branches in front of the subject, or it's really backlit, or there's just not enough light to get a shutter speed that's going to freeze the motion that you need to freeze. And if you're in a situation like that, what you tend to do is you take a few shots, you look at the back of your camera and say, yeah, these suck. And then you take a few more shots trying to find a way to make it work, even though there is no way to make it work. And the problem is, in the meantime, you might be missing out on another opportunity, either with another subject or maybe further down the road. Or the other alternative here is maybe there's another technique you can use. So sometimes, again, there's just not a shot. But sometimes, and this is the other half of it, sometimes there's not the shot that you want or that you originally intended. And that's a big difference. So for example, maybe you're doing birds in flight and it's getting a little bit dark out. And you say, okay, well, I can't freeze the wings anymore. Well, you know what I do in a situation like that? If I want to keep shooting, if it's a nice opportunity, I drop my shutter speed down to something like really low, 60th of a second, 125th, even 30 or 15, depending on the speed of the bird, and I'll do some panning shots. Because even though I can't get those action shots, those you know frozen wings and stuff like that, I could still do something in that situation that actually may turn out to be even more beautiful than the normal everyday way of shooting that particular subject. So just something to think about if you're in a situation like that. Ask yourself, is there a shot here at all? Because sometimes there's not. If you have an animal that has a lot of branches blocking it, there's probably really not a shot, unless the animal peeks around and does something real cute. But for the most part, you know, a typical situation like that, maybe there's not a shot. However, if it comes down to something where you could maybe use one of the camera controls more creatively, like shutter speed in this example, maybe there is a shot that you just need to kind of reconsider and try to see if there's a kind of a creative possibility there for you. So anyhow, I just wanted to mention that, but yeah, sometimes the bad news is, is it just is not a shot, or at least not the shot that you want in a given scenario. And sometimes it's just best to accept that one and move on. So anyhow, let's get on to our next topic, and that is the Nikon D6 Dilemma. I have been getting emails after emails from people saying, hey Steve, I want to know, should I take my D5 and trade it for a D6? Should I trade my D850 for a D6? Or I'm buying a new camera and I'm thinking of a D6 or a D850. You know, for a camera that kind of got beat up on its launch date, I sure do get a lot of questions about the thing. And the thing is, I'll tell you guys, I really don't know. I, I wish I did. I wish I had a D6. But unfortunately, I don't have any magical connections with Nikon that would allow me to get a hold of a D6 and actually play with it and you know give you all these answers. Because the truth is, I don't know anything more than you do at this moment. I can tell you that I am going to trade my D5 for the D6, but my reasons are probably pretty different than the typical shooter, especially a hobbyist shooter. I definitely need the D6 from a business perspective because I need to do things like tests and comparisons and I need to add it to books and things like that. So I have to 
you know, just for the business that I do, the educational photography business stuff, I absolutely have to have one so I can kind of make sure that I'm up to date with all the current stuff and I know what I'm talking about when people are asking me about that new autofocus system and things like that. So my motivation is actually driven as much by business as it is the need for taking, you know, pretty pictures and things like that. So for the average person, I don't know at this point if it's going to be, you know, revolutionary, evolutionary, or just kind of a flop. So I think we're just going to have to kind of wait and see until, you know, we can all get our hands on one. I will definitely be getting one. I just don't know when for sure, but I definitely will be getting one. I don't think they're actually released until like April or so. I might be wrong about that. Maybe it's mid-March or late March or something. But right now, no one can get a hold of them unless you're like a Nikon ambassador or something. And I have not, never been granted that status, nor do I really want it. So anyhow... I guess my idea here, though, one thing about these one series bodies, just so you know, because I realized the D6 met with some harsh criticism when it was launched. And looking at the spec sheet for it, it does seem like a very mild update to the D5. But one thing I have learned about these single digit pro bodies is that they are very good at everything they do. And sometimes things like improved autofocus, for instance, it doesn't seem like it's a huge huge leap on paper. It's like, oh, the autofocus is a little better. Well, maybe it's a little better. Maybe it's revolutionary. Maybe when you actually get that camera and start using that autofocus, it really blows your mind. And you're like, oh my gosh, this autofocus is the best thing ever. It latches onto things. These new group areas are fantastic and you know, very flexible. And it gives you all these options that you didn't have before. And the other thing sometimes we see in any Nikon, but especially in the one series bodies, is maybe new menu customizations that Nikon didn't really brag about in their press releases. And you know, we also don't know anything about that sensor. We think it's the same one out of the D5, but we don't know that for sure, at least not as of this recording, at least nothing that I've seen that can confirm 100% that it is the exact same sensor. It might be a modified version of it. It might have a little better high ISO capabilities, You know, even a half a stop for what I use it for would be significant. So the thing is, we just don't know enough to make a real big judgment about it right now, one way or the other. So I would encourage you just to kind of hang tight, don't run out and trade anything in, and just kind of wait and see what the D6 actually turns out to be for us. And you know, it might be a pleasant surprise or it might be just, yeah, okay. But I've never been disappointed in a single digit Nikon Pro body ever. And I don't think the D6 is gonna be a disappointment at all. So anyhow, that's my opinion of the D6. Everyone's been asking, so you know what? There you go, you have it now. Finally, I wanna end things with just a nice reminder, I think. And that reminder is simply this, just remember that it's you and not the gear that takes the shot. One of the problems I see so often out there in the photography world is that I'll get an inbox full of questions about gear. Is the D850 better than the D500? Should I get the 200 to 500 or the 500 PF? You know, should I go mirrorless or stick with DSLRs? People are very, very gear centric. And the thing is, what I don't see as much is questions about technique. And truthfully, that's where the rubber meets the road. You can have the best gear in the world, but if you don't have the technique to go along with it, you might as well be shooting an iPhone. And this is a problem that I see all the time. I mean, if you look at, you know, message boards and forums and things like that, most of the time people are not discussing ways to get better photos as far as technique goes. But instead it's like, you know, should I get this lens or that lens? And people really get kind of caught up in the minutia of this stuff and get into these really, really fine granular details. And the truth is that 
gear is maybe 10 to 20% of the equation. I mean, you absolutely need gear and you absolutely need the correct gear most of the time to get the kind of shots that you're after. There is, you know, something to be said for that. I can definitely get more keepers, for example, with my D5 than I could with, say, a D700. Not that the D700 is a bad camera. It's just that my D5 is a far more capable camera. It has better autofocus, better ISO capabilities, just you know, better overall performance than the D700 does. And there is a difference, and it can make a real difference in the field. So you can't just dismiss gear out of hand. But by the same token, most of the time, what I see like out there in the real world is people are way, way more concerned about what brand camera they're using or what kind of lens they're using and things like that when they really ought to be thinking about are things like, how can I learn to use my gear, that stuff that I already own? How can I get better at that? How can I improve my technique? So I'm getting sharper photos. I'm getting things that are more captivating. How can I become more creative? Those are the kind of things that I think people should be spending 80% of their time worrying about, not which lens they should get next or whether or not, you know, this camera brand is better than that camera brand or things like that. Because, you know, because the truth is, I have a little secret for you here. If you think the brand of camera is making a significant difference in the quality of your photography, then you have a long way to go as a photographer. For the most part, I can pick up any brand of camera, I can take some pictures with it, my typical scenes, and I can show you stuff from Nikon, Canon, and Sony. I could process them the way I normally would. I'll put them all side by side. You won't be able to pick out which one was which. And the reason for that is because most of the photo comes from me. It doesn't come from the gear. And that's where you really need to try to be. And I think we should all be striving to improve and always learning new techniques and trying new things, but it doesn't always come down to gear. So I guess that's a pretty good parting thought there then is just to worry more about your creativity and your technique and your ability to capture images and a little bit less about whether lens A is better than lens B. So Anyhow, I think that's probably a good place to leave this. And once again, I really do appreciate everybody who has listened. Thank you so much. And hopefully I'll see you out in the field. If you ever see me out there, make sure you say hi. And again, make sure you join me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel over there. It's youtube.com slash backcountrygallery. And of course, my website, backcountrygallery.com. You can find my blog posts and articles and things like that over there. Thanks again. Have a great day.